الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال تعالى ومن اراد الاخره وسعى لها سعيها وهو مؤمن فاولئك كان سعيهم مشكورا صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters in islam we are still very much fresh from the very mubarak time of eid al adha qurbani sacrifice and all the various lessons that we learned at that time so indeed this is a very great bounty of allah tbaraka wa taala that allah taala allowed us to witness such a mubarak time and be part of it as we discussed before qurbani that it's not just a ritual it's something to take the lessons from and to move forward with those lessons now the question is that qurbani was performed we were either directly involved in making qurbani or we were part of the general qurbani that is taking took place we heard about the lessons we heard about the incidents of ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam ismail alayhi salatu wasalam hazrat hajra alayhi salam etc what lessons have we now implemented in our lives that is the big question have we implemented the lesson of sacrificing the dictates of our nafs of trampling the temptations of nafs and shaitan shaitan tried to trick and derail al-hajra and ismail alayhi salatu wasalam but they did not fall in that trap at all and they remained steadfast the natural love for the child was in the heart of ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam but he did not allow that to come anywhere in the way in fulfilling the command of allah taala ismail alayhi salatu wasalam he naturally had the feeling that my life should be spared but despite that feeling he didn't act on his feeling he submitted to the command of allah taala despite that feeling which any human being would have had and he submitted to the command of allah taala and said to his father you do what you have been ordered to do i will become very cooperative in this i will be very patient in this now these are the lessons that we have been repeatedly hearing about we have learned now in these days that have passed since qurbani has taken place how many times did we practice on this on the one side there was some temptation there was something tugging us towards some haram there was something making us want to go and commit some sin some feeling in the heart was dragging us towards something evil but with the fazl of allah taala we took the courage and we trampled that evil desire we trampled that wrong inclination we did not give in to the desires of our nafs we did not listen to the whispers of shaitan 
and we did not even listen to the whispers of the agents of shaitan. Sometimes a person gets derailed or gets dragged into some wrong directly by shaitan. In the sense that shaitan whispers something in the person's mind and heart and the person now starts getting caught up in that thought then he gives more attention to that thought, he starts thinking further himself and starts plotting and planning the wrong and then eventually the person starts moving in that direction and Allah forbid then falls into that haram. So one is that this shaitan you whisper sometimes nobody else knows what's going on in this person's mind. Person is sitting alone or sitting even in company but sitting and thinking in his own heart everybody else thinks this person is in some deep muraqaba he is now maybe on the sixth heaven or maybe now going close to the seventh heaven and meanwhile this person Allah forbid he is already underground he is thinking of all kinds of vices but now he is sitting mashallah in such a nice way with his head lowered and maybe even there is a tasbih in the hand so somebody is thinking very great of him but Allah forbid that the heart and mind is gone in some totally opposite direction so at that time nobody else knows but Allah knows Allah knows what is in the heart what is going on what this person is plotting and scheming what this person is fantasizing about what this person is now allowing in his heart to fester so Allah is fully aware but nobody else around can see the person's heart and mind so they think very great of him but meanwhile, where is he gone to? He's gone in some other direction. So in that thought, he starts, the thought keeps circling in the heart, then he starts thinking further, and the heart is king. So now when the heart became engulfed with this thought, because he gave it place, he allowed it to keep turning in that heart, he started thinking further. So now the heart became engulfed with this. And when the heart becomes engulfed with that haram thought, then Many a times what happens is that that thought comes so deeply into the heart that the mind switches off. The mind switches off, the person's thinking switches off. person can't think straight then. Now the person's mind knows that what is going to be or what I am being dragged towards is harmful. It's very, very detrimental. It's evil. It's sinful. It's going to harm me in dunya and akhirat. It's going to cause me to get deprived. The mind can think of all this. But now when the heart has been overcome by this haram, and the person allowed that heart to become the house of this evil thought, and gave it so much of attention, that now this took over the heart. So now sometimes you get certain things, when the current now runs too hard, fast on some or very heavily on some wire which is not strong enough so what happens is that that switch falls something on the DV now this is something you might have seen sometimes a circuit one circuit falls so now it switches off that whole line so now a lot of things that are linked to that circuit they are not functioning now so likewise the heart when this becomes engulfed and overwhelmed with sinful thoughts because now the person is giving that place in his heart and mind and is entertaining it and is allowing it to keep festering what this does is it suddenly drops the circuit breaker of the mind it switches the mind off the mind knows everything but he can't think that why is all there 
it re- it's connected to the right places, but it's not functioning anymore. It can't think that it knows that this is harmful, it's detrimental, it's going to be very, very uh, destructive. But the current is not flowing now, the, thing can't, the mind can't think. So as a result, what happens? The person then goes headlong into some, as soon as now that opportunity seems to come, because the mind and the, the heart was now just running in this direction. As soon as the person thinks now he's got the opportunity, he just falls headlong into that sin. And now when that haram has been committed, or the wrong has been done, the evil action has been already done, the wrong words have already been said, the wrong behavior has already been done, the wrong conduct has already been done, then, now, that which the heart wanted to express in some way, it was this steam that it needed to now get off, because of being allowed to now get hot with these thoughts. So now that steam is out now. Now the person that mind also starts, starts working again. Because now that current is now flowing. Now when the mind starts working again, the switch has come on. Now the person is filled with regret. But why did I do this? And I know how harmful this is, but why did I do it? Why didn't I just move away from the... Why didn't I just not listen to these thoughts of shaitan and these whispers of shaitan? And why didn't I do this? And why didn't I think of that? All this why... The answers of that why won't come obviously at that stage because it's too late. Why didn't I do this? And why did I do that? It's now too late for that why. That was supposed to be something to have thought about beforehand. Now the person is already in the depth of that wrong, has already committed that wrong, has already done the damage now the person is thinking why, it's too late for that why, now you have to think about how to now remedy the problem what is broken now, how to try and make it it's already broken now, why it broke but we broke it and why we broke it, because we allowed our hearts to just fester with the wrong We, we listened to the whispers of shaitan, we entertained it we gave it place we started further thinking about it deliberately. So the end result is this now. And had we cut it at the root, we didn't listen to the whisper of shaitan. We didn't entertain it. When the temptation came, when the whisper of shaitan came, we immediately engaged ourselves in the correct manner. By engaging the heart in zikr. By turning to Allah Ta'ala. From the heart making dua, Ya Allah, you purify my heart. You protect my heart from all the wrong and evils. Ya Allah, you save me from any evil thoughts, from entertaining the evil thoughts. Ya Allah, you grant me the tawfiq of being forever in your remembrance. Now we're turning the heart towards Allah Ta'ala. So what happens is, that the door gets closed to the shaitani thought. It's like slamming the door in the face of the shaitani thought. It gets left now outside. And what will close this door? Zikr of Allah Ta'ala, the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, turning the heart towards Allah Ta'ala. So this shuts the door in the face of this haram thought, this evil thought, the shaitani thought. So now these two things can't remain simultaneously in the heart. Either the evil thoughts will be there, or the good thoughts will come then. Now the person is actively turning his mind towards good, 
So automatically the evil will have to leave. It can't remain. The person puts the light on, you don't have to make an effort to chase the darkness away. You put the light on, the darkness must go. Ja al-haq was a haq al-batil. As soon as the light comes on, the darkness must disappear. Now the issue is to immediately put the light on in the heart. Now when we realize there is darkness now, to immediately put the light on. And the light is in this way, put on in this way, with the zikr of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, with the remembrance of Allah ta'ala, turning in dua from the heart to Allah ta'ala, keeping oneself at that time in good and pious company, so that company also affects the heart, and it switches the light on in the heart. That company, if it's not human company available at that time, the company of a very good kitab, something that will remind one of akhirat, something that will bring the concern of akhirat in the heart. So that too is good company. So in any case, sometimes we were talking about how we slip and fall. One is we listen to the temptations of shaitan, to the whispers of shaitan, and we start obeying that as a result of which we slip badly and we fall hard and then when things have now really gone off the track damage is done now we want to know about how to remedy the situation sometimes it's not shaitan directly but it is the agents of shaitan who are the agents of shaitan so in the Quran Sharif we Seek the protection of Allah Ta'ala in Surah Nas. قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ مَلِكِ النَّاسِ إِلَهِ النَّاسِ مِنْ شَرِّ الْوَسْوَاسِ الْخَنَّاسِ That we seek the protection of Allah Ta'ala from the evil of the whisperer who retreats after whispering. This is shaitan. And further Allah Ta'ala says أَلَّذِي يُوَسْوِسُ فِي صُدُورِ النَّاسِ Who whispers into the hearts of people all the evil thoughts and evil inclinations. And then Allah Ta'ala says, Minal jinnati nas. This evil whisperer, who is from the jinn, that is Iblis and his progeny, and also from the humans, these are the agents of shaitan, that who drag people towards wrong, who incite people towards wrong, who encourage people towards wrong, who try to create an environment of wrong, of wrong thinking, of wrong actions. And shaitan will always try to beautify the wrong. Not only beautify the wrong, will always sometimes even, will sometimes even try to make the wrong look justified in some way. Person is doing wrong and then finding some kind of validity for it, which is also a further deception of shaitan. Now for example, just for example, now a person is acting rudely acting disrespectfully towards one's parents for that matter. Now, to act rudely towards one's parents, backchat the parents, to disrespect them in any way, or for that matter one's muallima, one's grandparents, one's teachers, anybody for that matter, but especially now we're taking in this context, one's parents, one's elders, one's teachers, so now the person is being disrespectful to the parent, backchatting one's mother, being disrespectful. So that is wrong, completely wrong. It's totally haram. And the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala has clearly 
spell this out for us, which we have discussed so many times. Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَا تَقُلْهُمَا أُفِّ وَلَا تَنْهَرْهُمَا Don't even say uff to them. It doesn't mean that you will not be sometimes hurt about what they might have said or what they might have even done. It doesn't mean that won't happen. You are a human being. They are also humans. And they can sometimes err and falter. They can sometimes commit blunders also. So supposing that parent, that elder, the teacher, whoever it is, they erred in some way also. Let's accept they erred. Now, that is a matter that that parent has done which is between him or her and Allah Ta'ala. But for the child, the command of Allah Ta'ala is still very clear. وَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا أُفْفٍ No matter what the parent has done, you don't even say uff. But now what shaitan does? Shaitan makes the person backchat, makes the person be disrespectful, makes a person speak in a wrong manner, makes a person do things that will be irritating, do things that will be uh, disruptive. And then what's the justification shaitan puts in the heart? That well, your mother did this to you, so you can do this to her in return. Now you like for like. But didn't the Quran say, وَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا أُفْفٍ They don't even say off to them. Across the board, to the extent that the ayat that we discussed on many occasions, that even if the parents are insisting upon somebody to commit shirk, he will not obey that. That is totally forbidden to obey. But in the same line Allah Ta'ala says, وَصَاحِبُهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا You still treat them kindly. They are doing such a terrible injustice that they are pressurizing the child to commit shirk. But he will still be kind to them. He will not say like for like, that they are committing this injustice on him, so he will commit injustice on them, na'uzubillah. No. So now, but shaitan will put this kind of baseless justification. Why? Because that is shaitan's job, to make the wrong look right, so that he can create destruction. So now it will happen now, many times, all these kind of things happen. For example, just to take the example of a class situation now. Now in the class you will get some students, mashallah, very dedicated, very respectful, very concerned that they must always do the right things, always wanting to be doing that which will benefit them in their ilm, in their work, in their life in general, and most of all be beneficial for them, in the Qabr, in the Akhirat, Alhamdulillah, in every class, in every situation, we all the time get this, whether it's in a boy's madrasa, whether it's in a girl's madrasa, this is a common, mashallah, very good situation, that you get such students in every class. Allah forbid, Allah Ta'ala save us, sometimes in some classes, it's not every time in every class, but sometimes in some classes, you might get some student or the other that is unfortunately not concerned, is heedless. Like in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says that اقترب للناس حسابهم وهم في غفلة معرضون That the accountability, the day of judgment, the accountability is already now right here. It's come, come so close. But people are still ghafil. They are heedless. They are without any concern, they can't be bothered. And sometimes people bring these kind of statements on their tongues also. I'm not bothered. But now can we imagine where it's heading? And Allah Ta'ala is warning against us. That no, we have to be bothered. 
we have to be very bothered and very concerned. If we are doing something that is going to harm us in dunya and akhirat, it's going to harm our deen and going to harm our dunya also. And even if it doesn't harm our dunya in any way, but if it's going to harm our deen, that, that is a very great harm. And that too what we say, don't harm our dunya, is what we think, what we see. It appears sometimes, let alone harm the dunya, it appears that sometimes this is bringing more dunya. Like for example, a person cheating, a person lying, and outwardly that lie or cheating somebody earned him more. So now he's thinking that they, in the bayan they were saying that mustn't do anything wrong because it will harm your dunya also. What harm my dunya? I cheated this person, so I would have got thousand rand. I cheated him and I brought took out from him ten thousand rand. I lied and extracted fifty thousand from somebody. Now what they saying that will harm your dunya? I got more dunya. Okay, accepted it will harm your deen, but I got more dunya. But that dunya that comes in that manner. Whatever we seem to have earned and increased in our wealth, in our dunya, in a haram way, in a wrongful way, whatever we have harmed somebody and taken, that hasn't been an increase in dunya. That is something that has harmed the dunya, but it comes in the form of a trap. Like that mouse, you put a cheese, piece of good cheese in the trap for it. So that mouse gets very happy. See my dunya increasing. I got such a big piece of cheese now. And this looks like choice grade also. But now why they put that choice grade cheese there? That this rat, rat was a bit of a sneaky rat, very very shrewd rat. It was just nibbling on the other things and going away. So now they put a choice grade cheese. Now this rat is going to come to really tuck into this. Because it's choice grade. But now when he comes for the choice grade cheese, then the trap is going to slam on his neck. And before it knows it, is going to be end, the end of the story for it. So now the choice great cheese, did it, did it increase the dunya of the rat? Or was this the means of destroying the dunya of the rat? It destroyed everything. Whatever, it was, whatever was on hand too, that too got destroyed. So likewise, what comes in a haram way, outwardly it might seem like it increased something. But in reality, it's going to bring a lot of harm. It's going to bring a lot of destruction. The barakat is going to be gone, and this is going to become the means of a lot of problems. Outwardly it seems very great. But see the problems it will bring. It's like a person putting a fire into everything. But that fire is just that it's not visible that this fire, this is an electrical fire. Before a person knows it, suddenly it ignites. So now, this is the same thing. That now sometimes you get people, we're talking about that some are heedless. They can't be concerned. But then what happens is, when that heart is heedless, that heart is not concerned, then shaitan makes such hearts his agents. Shaitan now doesn't just whisper in that person's heart to do the wrong on his own. He whispers in that person's heart to now influence others wrongly, that you also do this. So now for example, one person wants to look at something haram. He'll look at it haram, he got caught up. But now he'll encourage the other person. You see, you can't be too serious in life now. Sometimes you must have some entertainment. So look at this haram. Somebody is dressing in a totally wrong way, but now she wants some kind of support. So what she does? She's talking to her friend now in class. 
But you see, they talk too much about now, you know, all this genes and all this is wrong. You can't be too serious about all this. My so-and-so connection also, she, is, she studied in the madrasa also, she wears genes too. So what's wrong if we wear it? So now she's finding some wrong of somebody else because that person studied in a madrasa and, but he's wearing jeans so it became right. So if somebody studied in a madrasa and they're looking at haram, will that haram also looking at it become right? Somebody studied in a madrasa and they're going to some haram place, will that going to haram places become right because somebody else went there who studied in some madrasa? So this is all shaitani deception. Shaitan uses all this deception to derail us. And now the agents of shaitan work on behalf of shaitan now. Now this person is sitting in the class, this other girl or boy, whoever now, it's a boy's madrasa, then that boy who's sitting in the class next to him, a girl's madrasa, that girl who's sitting in the class next to her. So now she is concerned, she wants to do the right things, she doesn't want to get caught up in anything that will be harmful, that will be destructive. But now what happens now? The agent of shaitan is sitting next to her or next to him in that boy's madrasa. Or wherever it might be, in society out there. And now starts whispering this, encouraging the wrong. You see now you can't, must have some fun also. So sometimes now, you must now just do things that will irritate the Maldima. You must do things that will now, just now sometimes, in some maktab classes we have this problem now. Now that youngster is 12 years old, 13 years old, he's sitting in the back of the class, and now he's whistling. Why is whistling? And he's ducking and whistling to irritate the teacher. We get these kind of complaints coming. Somebody is giggling, laughing now, that, hiding the face and laughing and giggling. Why? So now they, it's obvious how disrespectful all this is. Anybody knows how disrespectful he is. But the shaitani thought overwhelms the heart. It puts the switches off. The switches of thinking. And this shaitan does himself that he switches the mind off then of the person. Because the person gave him place. So I can't think. And let alone can't think for himself, he starts trying to destroy the next person also. You see, when I, I will say some joke, you must laugh loudly. And the teacher will get irritated. And the teacher will then, I remember in the days that we were in school, Allah Ta'ala, forgive us, there were some students, that time it was just something very, very new, the wrist watches which had this alarms in it. So now there were one, two students in the class, they would go and put that, hide that alarm, set the alarm for the middle of the period, and then hide that watch somewhere where you can't find where it is. Now suddenly in the middle of the class time, now that alarm starts ringing. And that alarm starts ringing, obviously now the teacher is now disturbed, he's irritated, he's trying to find now where is this coming from. And now others are having a laugh because they think that they're entertaining themselves. So it obviously disrupts everything. Now, even if the teacher wasn't a Muslim teacher, but this was wrong. But now can we imagine how, now one person thought of something of this nature, he incited the next person, that person incited the third person, now this agent of shaitan, he created all this disruption. And he created all that irritation. And now he deprived so many people of the good also. And now this is how shaitan works and the agents of shaitan work. This is something we need to be very conscious about. That we do what is right and we be alert when shaitan starts whispering, whispering something into our hearts. We don't take that. We repel that. 
And if the agents of shaitan starts whispering something to us, starts trying to, starting to incite us towards some wrong, trying to encourage us towards some incorrect behavior, incorrect actions, looking at something that might be incorrect, going to places that is incorrect, dressing in a way that is incorrect, inappropriate, we should not take these whispers of shaitan, allow them to come into our hearts, we should move away from there, we should be very clear and firm, I will never dress in that manner, don't be compromising, dressing in the jeans, astaghfirullah, Allah ta'ala save me, I will never dress in that, be clear about it, dress in the jeans and t-shirt culture, this is a culture which I will never ever adopt, be clear about it, you don't have to be rude, you don't have to be shouting at anyone, you don't have to be uh, aggressive, you don't have to be vulgar, but you can be very clear. Allah Ta'ala save me from this. Inshallah, I will never do this. So in that way, your statement will become a dawat as well. And the person who is trying to derail you towards something wrong, perhaps that might become the point that the person too might start thinking. Maybe they might not react positively immediately, but later the thought will come to mind. that MashaAllah, this person was so strong and so firm, I tried to incite her towards some wrong and she was so firm, she said, Astaghfirullah, she will never do something that will be wrong of this nature, she will never dress in that kind of wrong attire, she will never do something that's going to be disrespectful, she will never start talking in a manner that will be wrongful and disrespectful. So all these things, now we need to be very clear, we need to be firm, but with respect, we need to be clear. And we don't get influenced by any wrong ideas, we don't get influenced by wrong statements. We, and the slightest thing where we are not sure about something, somebody has made some statement, somebody is inciting towards some kind of activities, some behavior, going to some places, wearing some things. And if we are slightly doubtful about it also, that something not sounding right here, we don't take it. And we inquire first. We inquire and we get the right direction from those who know and we stick to what is the correct line. We don't allow our haya to get compromised in any way. We don't allow our adab to get compromised in any way. Otherwise, these things bring dire consequences. There was one great personality, Umme Ahmad bint Aisha rahimahullah ta'ala. She was a very great personality. Umme Ahmad bint Aisha rahimahullah. Her father was Osman Neshapuri, was a great muhaddith. So any case, she explains that her mother gave her some advice. Now these are the things that we should take to heart. Someday we will be mothers also. And what we will be instilling in the hearts of our children. How to keep running and chasing behind the dunya. How to just keep following the fashions and trends. How to dress just to impress and how to do all these kind of things that will just be only, uh, not even of any benefit to us in the dunya also, let alone the akhirat. No. We have to instill in the hearts of our children the values that will bring them closer to Allah Ta'ala. So she says that her mother gave her advice. And her mother said to her, don't ever become content upon this perishable world. Meaning don't set your heart on the perishable world and feel now you... You just keep worrying about dunya. Don't ever become happy with this perishable world. That is actually what she said to her. 
don't become happy with this perishable world. Meaning something of need, you used it, fine. But don't set your heart on it. Don't start becoming very thrilled over it. You use what is permissible and as a necessity and that's where it stays. And then further she said that what is going to go, don't cry over it. Meaning some loss, some harm, don't cry over it. One is natural grief for a day, for two days, three days, somebody felt hurt over some loss. It's human nature. But now the person becomes so overcome by that loss that the person's now life can't function. That is something wrong. So don't, this was supposed to go. Everything perishable is going to go. We're going to go one day also. So that human nature, few days a person felt hurt about it, that is understood, one day, two days have passed, now life has to move on, so it turned the heart positively. Those thoughts will come, the feelings will sometimes come, but the person doesn't dwell on it. The person then positively engages the heart and mind and moves forward. So what was supposed to go is gone. Don't cry over it. And then she said, stay attached to Allah Ta'ala. Now this is the advice a mother is giving to her daughter. You remain attached to Allah Ta'ala. And what you should cry about is, if you have become distanced from Allah Ta'ala. So the first thing she said, don't become happy over the world. And don't cry over what was meant to go in any case. Meaning, beyond the limit of grief. What you should be happy about, be attached to Allah Ta'ala. And what you should cry over, cry over getting distanced from Allah Ta'ala. person does something wrong, something sinful, something disrespectful, something getting caught in some sin, some evil, all this distances a person away from Allah Ta'ala. That is what you should cry over. And then further she said that my mother said to me that hold on firmly to the adab of the external self and the internal self. There are certain things that pertain to adab externally. For example, talking to somebody with respect, dealing with somebody in a respectful manner. Some elder came, we woke up and gave our place. For example, we're sitting somewhere, there's a chair. And now some elder came, we woke up and gave the person the place. That's etiquette. That's adab also. And there are various other external adab. She says, hold on to the external adab also. And hold on to the internal adab also. Internal adab to respect somebody from within ourselves. To deal with people in a way that is pleasing to Allah Ta'ala and keep our hearts clean towards them. To always be conscious of Allah Ta'ala and all the various other adab internally, keeping our heart clean of malice, of jealousy, of pride, of arrogance, of all the other evils. Filling our heart with the love of Allah Ta'ala. All the other adab of the heart being filled with humility, with love, with compassion, with kindness, with forgiveness, and all the other various things that go in the heart. So she said, my mother told me that hold on fast to the external adab and external aspects of respect and also to what is the internal aspect of adab also. Because, she says, that my mother then told me that the person who is disrespectful within himself, in the inner aspect of adab, the person is now shirking and being disrespectful, 
then the punishment of Allah Ta'ala comes on the batin, on the inside of the person, on his heart. And the person is disrespectful externally, then the azab of Allah Ta'ala comes on the zahir, on the external self. So both these things are very dangerous. And therefore a person needs to be conscious of all this. So where this started off from, the discussion actually was that the whispers of shaitan, this is something that we need to be very conscious about. We need to act upon the lessons that we learned from Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, Ismail salatu wasalam, Hajra alayhi salatu wasalam, that how to trample the evil desires, how to trample the whispers of the nafs and the temptations of the nafs and not give in and also to be alert about the agents of shaitan. That how the agents of shaitan sometimes try to derail us by getting us involved in some wrong behavior, wrong conduct, wrong ways. So at that time, they will have fun. We might seem to have fun also. When we are crying, nobody will come to wipe our tears. Because when the damage is done, and the person is now deprived, the person has lost out, the person has got caught up in some haram, some wrong behavior, some wrong deeds, looking at haram and now damage the heart and mind, and now when the person's life is going in turmoil, person's marriage is going in turmoil because of the haram that was involved in before, at that time when the person is crying due to the turmoil, and the person says, but why I looked at all that? Why I got caught up in looking at this haram? Why I got caught up in that illicit chatting? And why I did, I shouldn't have done that? But now when the person is saying all these whys and crying, that time nobody comes to assist. Nobody comes to wipe the person's tears and says, don't worry, I will take the brunt of the uh, difficulty for you. Nobody does that. Then you cry alone. So rather we don't do things that will make us cry later. In this way we will be happy in dunya also. We will be happy more in the akhirat. That little sacrifice we make, that sacrifice will bring a great amount of khair and barakat for us. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa'akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين